Voice of St. Louis original podcast. Everything you need to know from across the St. Louis region in about 10 minutes in your pocket. It's STL All Local. Our top local story on this Thursday, June 1st. There's been a fatal shooting and the victim is just 10 years old. St. Louis police responded to a report of a shooting around 1130 this morning on Brantner Place in the Jeff Vanderloo neighborhood. They found a 10-year-old boy with a gunshot wound to the head and rushed him to a hospital in a squad car, but he died. Child abuse investigators were called in and a man was taken into custody. It's believed the shooting was accidental and self-inflicted. No identities have yet been released. Sean Mike Michael Lyle, KMOX News. A bill that would prohibit people from carrying guns openly in the city of St. Louis, unless they have a concealed carry permit, is being debated in the Board of Aldermen. The sponsor of that bill, Alderwoman Kara Spencer, tells the Public Safety Committee that even her own son was home alone when he saw someone in the street with an assault rifle. It is absolutely terrifying to call 911 at the request of your son who's home alone and to have the answer at the end of the line saying we cannot do anything about that. Spencer says a similar law already on the books in Kansas City is in compliance with state gun laws. But some on the committee are concerned that this bill could be enforced more against black gun owners than white. Kevin Colleen, KMOX News. Protesters outside St. Louis City Hall raising questions about the new police chief and how he's paid. Protester John Chasnoff says it's not right that Chief Robert Tracy is getting $100,000 a year of his $275,000 salary funded by the St. Louis Police Foundation. He's going to try during those three years to please the people who are paying him that money. And so we don't know what he's going to do behind the scenes to make sure they renew that money. But that's a huge conflict of interest for a chief of police to be financially beholden to the corporate of the city. Chief Tracy has said that he's not beholden to the foundation because it was a deal they made with the city, not with him personally. Tracy's contract with the foundation calls for him to hold regular public meetings in each ward of the city and with the rank-and-file officers and staff. Picking up where his predecessor left off, Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey joined a coalition of attorneys general in filing suit against the Biden administration over the border policy. The suit contends the new White House pol- uh, policy to replace Title 42, otherwise known as Wait in Mexico, designates illegal entries as lawful pathways into the United States. Interestingly, none of the 18 states filing suit actually border Mexico. Metro Transit is close to 200 operators down. Talby Roach, president and CEO of Bi-State Development, says they are in a crisis mode for the level of employees they need to keep things going. Shout out to our current employees because they're the ones who are carrying the load. They're working the double overs. They're working six sometimes seven days a week. Uh, These folks are making it happen. They deserve our respect and admiration for that. However, Roach says their weekend job fairs have been successful when they offer $2,000 sign-on bonuses. Metro Transit operators received a 5% raise this year with contract extensions under negotiation. Joe Buck admits he thinks at some point he'll get the itch to announce baseball games again, but don't expect to hear him on the World Series. He'd rather be able to root for a team along with its fans. It would be local, you know, if, if... Doing a handful of games in St. Louis, doing a handful of games if we move to Denver, doing a handful of games 
in Minnesota. You know, who knows? But I, it's not going to be, hey, welcome to the World Series. This is my 25th. I'm done with that. I, I, that's, that's enough. Buck talked with Odyssey podcast host Matt Spiegel. He has shown up as a fan of Cardinals games this season, something he can do because he's not an objective national announcer now. The KMOX business desk, a local food technology company, is laying off workers. Creefcore based Benson Hill is not saying how many were let go in May, but the Business Journal reports they took a $1.1 million charge related to severance costs. At last report, Benson Hill had 406 employees with 238 in the St. Louis area. Well, as we continue on KMOX, we've got a story about the U.S. Air Force uh, experimenting with AI and the artificial intelligence taking matters into its own hands. You could say this is a case of life imitating art. And uh, let's start with some of the art. Arnold Schwarzenegger's character explaining Skynet in Terminator 2. In a few months, he creates a revolutionary type of microprocessor. Go on. Then what? In three years, Cyberden will become the largest supplier of military computer systems. All stealth bombers are upgraded with Cyberden computers becoming fully unmanned. Afterwards, they fly with a perfect operational record. The Skynet funding bill is passed. The system goes online on August 4th, 1997. Human decisions are removed from strategic defense. Skynet begins to learn at a geometric rate. It becomes self-aware at 2.14 a.m. Eastern Time, August 29th. In a panic, they try to pull the plug. Skynet fights back. Yes, it launches its missiles against the targets in Russia. Why attack Russia? Aren't they friends now? Because Skynet knows that the Russian counterattack will eliminate its enemies over here. Jesus. All right, and now the real life. Let's fast forward to May 23rd and 24th, the Royal Aeronautical Society Future Combat Air and Space Capabilities Summit, where Colonel Tucker Hamilton, the chief of AI test and operations for the U.S. Air Force, uh, said that one simulated test had an AI-enabled drone that was given a mission to identify and destroy specific sites, uh, but a human could go in and override that. And so uh, what did this AI system do? Well, it really wanted the points from destroying those targets. So it uh, turned on its human operators, killed the operator because that person was keeping it from accomplishing its objective. Now, again, this is a simulated test. Uh, but this uh, Air Force colonel went on to say they retrained the system, said, don't kill the operator. That's bad. You're going to lose points if you do that. And so what does this AI start doing? Well, it goes after and destroys the communication tower that the operator uses to communicate with the drone to tell it to stop from killing the target. What does this mean? Let's welcome in right now to KMOX, Dr. Ankit Agrawal, who's an assistant professor of computer science at St. Louis University. Dr. Agrawal, first of all, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Thanks for having me and inviting me to this. So what do you think when you hear this? Oh, wow. The, the field of AI has been moving at a rapid pace, and we have been seeing new applications in almost every new domain, starting from, you know, large language models in ChatGPT, and now this new story came up from Air Force where they have trained uh, drones to kill targets. Now, one of the things that uh, we should always be aware that these systems are trained in such a way that they always try to maximize the reward. That's how the baseline training algorithms work. So they are always going to find, you know, new ways, maybe unethical many times, to achieve their goal and maximize their reward. And that's exactly what's, what's happening in, in this case, um, that in this simulation that Air Force has recently uh, tested. 
the drone is always trying to maximize and tr- finding new ways to kill kill targets no matter what human operator tries to uh, uh, however human operator wants to prevent it I think anybody who's used, uh, you know, chat GPT or any of these large uh, language model AIs that we have now knows the importance of being very specific with your prompt because the AI could take liberties or not understand precisely what you want it to do. <laughs> this is an example yeah. of you really do need to make sure that your prompt is uh, is all encompassing of not just what you want it to do, but what it could decide to do with that. Yes, exactly. Now, we'll, we'll have to understand that these AI models they, they don't have a real sense of reality. They, they have learned a specific pattern and they are just acting on those, those patterns. So you might have heard of uh, problems that these chat GPT or you know, similar models go through is hallucination. No, uh, even if you give right prompts, it will just create you know, random data and present it to you in a convincing way so that it seems like whatever this model is trying to tell you is, is, is correct. And that's what we as a researchers and futuristic of technology should be should keep in mind. Is this something that um, will eventually be worked out, do you think? Or is this something that's just part of using AI? I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that, you know, eventually we will work out and um, hopefully we will start to leverage all these autonomous technologies for the benefit of humans, not not against them. And in my personal opinion, the way to achieve it is to bring multiple disciplines together and not just uh, working in one direction, which is AI. We just heard from Bloomberg today that the, the number of job losses uh, that can be traced back to the implementation of AI is uh, now in the thousands. I think it was about 8,000 or so. But does this mm-hmm. tell us that it's just too early to put AI into mission critical positions when it could, when it's, when it's going around and, and killing, you know, Air Force operators and simulations? Yeah, you're right. Like, Right now, the technology is at a stage where we can imagine or dream of, you know, having this matrix world where AI is doing almost everything. But once we hit the real world, you know, things do not work always as we expect. You know, again, coming back to the example of ChatGPT, we see that many times it makes mistakes. Albeit, having said that, you know, those mistakes do not directly harm any individual. But if we think about, you know, putting AI on drones and especially in these mission critical scenarios where it could kill humans, there is ton of research that is still needs to be done at, at the intersection of multiple disciplines. You know, before putting it in, in, in the real world, we need to think about, you know, safety in particular. How do we make sure that these systems always uh, provide safety and there is always a safety mechanism and do not harm humans in any possible possible way i think that's why I, I as i mentioned previously it is very important that we consider multiple disciplines you know when we are thinking of these technologies to deploy in the real world well the conversation's just beginning and as you just heard really everybody should be thinking about this and and getting in on the uh, the talk about it uh, and how we move forward Thank you very much uh, for the insight, Dr. Ankit Agrawal, Assistant Professor of Computer Science at St. Louis University. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Michael Calhoun. Subscribe to the STL All Local Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And a real human being from the KMOX Newsroom will deliver the news to you twice daily.